Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Down South IT Podcast. Glad to have you all here. This is definitely a great time of year. And if you are in South Louisiana or anywhere near here, you know that it's Mardi Gras week. That's correct. And that being said, there's a few things that I probably normally wouldn't do under normal circumstances. But I'll do some pretty sketchy things for some beads on the if I need to. Again, thank you for being here. And on this episode, we're going to go over RCS versus SMS. So old school texting technology versus new school. But before we get into that, I do want to give you a couple of updates on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. If you haven't been there in a couple of weeks, I did put up a search function up into the website so that way you can search around and try to find things a little bit easier the search bar is right there toward the top of the page can't miss it but also on top of that i've also added a download section so most of the different programs and apps and things like that that i use on a daily basis to either diagnose or you know different browsers whatever it happens to be a lot of the things that i use on a daily basis I put up here that way you can get to them and download them yourself. So everything is there. Not well, not everything because there's a lot of programs on the Internet, but a lot of the stuff that I use on a daily basis and the stuff that I use, especially browsers or testing apps or backups or, you know, different things like that. The stuff that I use, I put up there that way y'all can have access to it, too, and it, it would all be in one place. Also on the website, I went ahead and I put up a video last week on a Vixing FM Bluetooth transmitter, and I got some pretty good response off of that right now, and to be honest, I'm still playing with it and trying to get some good testing done with it. I'm actually, I let I let my mom borrow it just, you know, for SNG just to see if she can uh, use it and how it works for her. From what I've seen so far and what I've experienced with it, it's it's really going to be a, a a good little device. It really hasn't had any kind of hiccups or issues that I've noticed. I'm going to do the full video review on it probably next week. So be on the lookout for that. Also, besides being up on the website, it's also up on the YouTube channel. So you can go check, check it out right there. It's Down South IT Podcast. You can search on YouTube and you can find me right there. If not... At the top of the website, just click the YouTube link and that'll take you straight to it also. So I do believe that's all the housekeeping that I had. So we can go ahead and begin at the beginning, right? So what is SMS? And it actually stands for short message service. It's a text messaging service component of most telephone, internet, and mobile device systems. And it uses standardized communication protocols to enable mobile devices to exchange short text messages. So that's basically the Wikipedia definition of it. And it basically is what it says. It's a short message service. It's just for short text messages. Now, the first text message was actually sent way back in 1992. And it was sent from a laptop to a Vodafone Orbitel 901 handset. And do you want to guess what that first text message was? If you guessed Merry Christmas, you would be correct. Now, from that first message, the service would grow slowly at first. But by the time 2010 hit, 
We were sending 6.1 trillion text messages alone just in 2010. And it's actually gotten a little bit bigger since then. Now, it did take some time between the first text message that was actually sent to having a text message that was sent from phone to phone. Now, that didn't actually happen until 1994. And again, being that this is a short message service, the cap is just 160 characters. And that was the the service was actually built for the GSM style phones. And that's the same network that runs on that AT&T runs on that T-Mobile runs on the now T-Mobile owned Sprint runs on. And then later on, later in the nineties, it was expanded to support the CDMA network that is used by Verizon. So as it became a little bit more popular, the carriers would start stringing messages together that way, if you went over your allotted 160 characters, you could send them as two separate text messages and they would do that automatically rather than having the user go back and figure out where to cut off your text message and have to start the second one. Now, if back in the day, whenever you started text messaging on most of us on flip phones, you know how annoying that was especially if you were a couple of letters too too long and the phone wouldn't let you send the text without cutting it down and basically made your message sound very, very weird and cut off and it was not pleasant. So very severely annoying. But back at that time, texting itself was fairly annoying, you know, with the number pad and having to press out each letter. So I guess to each his own and... We learned to roll with the punches, but following in the footsteps of SMS came MMS, and that would be Multimedia Messaging Service. And this would allow phones with cameras to send pictures, but not only that, it would let you send short video clips, con- you know, contacts, and other data that wasn't actually text to another phone. And MMS, there really wasn't a limit on how much you could send at one time, but there really was a limit on how much the carriers could handle per message. So that's really where the cap came in. And the top end of that was usually around 300 kilobytes or so. So really not that much, but we, again, we learned to manage. And again, you know, both SMS and MMS have gotten a lot better over the years simply because the protocols have grown, they've been able to be streamlined, and the carriers actually can handle a lot more data on their network. So the services are a lot more reliable for what it is. One of the main things that SMS and MMS both have in common is that they both are built on the same platform. They, they use the same protocols, a lot of the same technology, and Basically, they both use your phone's cellular connection. So it's the same connection that you use to make your phone calls. It's not the 3G or 4G or the LTE connection or anything like that. That connection is actually just dedicated to data only. So the same connection that you make to make a phone call is what this data was sent over. And the new player on the block, RCS, they actually use your data, they use the 4G, you know, 3G, LTE, 
That's what they used to send the messages and pictures and everything else across. So where exactly did RCS start and what can we do with it? Well, it actually stands for Rich Communication Services. And it started as a project back in 2008 by the GSM Association. And the GSM Association is the governing body behind most of the world's cellular protocols and standards. So they set all the standards and things for the GSM network, which by and large, most carriers and everything use. So that's the ones they have to abide by. So they worked on it for a few years and then they came up with what they called the universal profile back in 2016. And this is a single globally approved specification that'll guarantee interconnection with all carriers that decide to deploy it. So basically, they came up with a single standard that all the carriers could opt in or opt out of. But if they opted in, the RCS messaging would be guaranteed to work on all the carriers that opted in. Now, so far, we've had 47 different carriers, 11 manufacturers and two OS makers have all opted into this RCS idea. Samsung was actually one of the first and most early adopters of RCS in their phones. And they've had RCS capable phones that have been out in the wild ever since 2012. And the, the ones in 2012 were actually out in Europe. The RCS capable phones in the US didn't actually get on the market until about 2015. But still, it was still before the universal profile even was announced. So Google was actually one of the big supporters of RCS. And if you remember a little while back, they were in the news for it, but it didn't really last that long while they were in the news. Because rather than waiting for the carriers that they make phones for to enable the service, Google just went ahead and enabled it via their built-in messaging app that all Android phones have. They just did it by default. So they went around the carriers to do what they wanted to do. And then, to be honest, it was very, very out of the norm, especially for Google. Seeing as how they did that, the users could actually opt in or out by changing the setting on your phone on your end. And if your carrier happened to be one of the ones that opted in to use an RCS, when you enabled the setting, it connected and you started using it. If your carrier didn't opt in, then the app would still work as it did before. There was no, no issues. It would still work as an SMS messaging service. No big deal. And the standard with RCS, that is basically if your carrier has it and your phone has it, then you can use it. But if there's some reason the service is disconnected, like you're between towers or you're roaming or, you know, you don't have a, a signal or something like that then messages that you send will be sent over the older SMS network, just like it has been for ages. So you, it does use your actual data to send messages, pictures, what have you, but it does have SMS as a backup just in case things go awry. So that's always good. It's always good to have a backup. Now, like I said, Google did get a lot of heat for doing it this way. And one of the things they were getting a lot of heat about was security and privacy, especially because messages on the RCS system that they implemented are not encrypted end to end. And being that they're going around the carriers a lot in a lot of ways, that was one of the main things that Google 
was asked about as to see if they were keeping any records of any of the messages or anything like that. And for that, their response was they're only keeping copies of it on their servers while they're in transit. So while you your message is going from phone to phone, the message is live in their server, but as soon as it gets delivered, then it gets deleted automatically. And again, once again, this encryption is gonna be a issue going forward. Now, I do know that the very first version of RCS did have encryption, but they did drop it a little bit later because they came out with the universal profile and the universal profile did not like encryption very much. So again, the main difference with RCS is that it uses your phone's data, like your 3G, 4, 4G, or LTE, to send not just your text messages, but your multimedia. So basically, even if you're in a bad cell area and you have the option for Wi-Fi, then you can still send text messages and everything else, even without a cell phone signal. So they got a, they got a few other benefits too that come with RCS, so we're gonna go over a couple of them here. First of them is gonna be red receipts and typing notifications. Now, one of the things that text messaging has made famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it, was waiting on a reply. You never could tell who you sent the message to, had seen it, had read it, nothing. But with RCS, you can. And it shows not only that the message was delivered to whoever you sent it to, but also it tells you that they've read it, and it'll even give you a little animated icon if they're typing a response back to you. So that might actually might not sound like much, but just knowing somebody's read your text is a big advantage. So I'll take that any day of the week. Next option is gonna be high res pics. So with RCS, you can send full size high res pictures because RCS can handle a lot more data going through it. With MMS, the pictures that you sent were usually compressed and they were compressed a lot. And that was gonna be so the carrier had an easier time handling the data going across their network. But with RCS, especially being able to use LTE and uh, coming up on 5G, we got a lot more bandwidth to use. So we were able to send the full picture or even full res video clips. So even a 4K video clip, uh, that one probably won't be very long, to be honest. But if you, even if you do just a regular HD video clip, you can still get a minute or two of that rather than, you know, 10 seconds of it before. So that will make things a lot nicer going forward. Next big thing is group chat. And this is something that SMS was very much lacking. And that was basically because of, of all of its limitations. And SMS would actually break group chats, what we would call quote unquote group chats, into separate text messages that were sent out to each person in the group. So trying to keep track of SMS group chat was pretty much like trying to herd cats. So, but with RCS, group chat is exactly that. It's a true group chat with everyone seeing the same messages at the same time on the same screen. That way everybody is in the know. And last, not to mention, but least, animations and emojis. Now we all love emojis and the GIF animations that have come about in recent years. I think pretty much everybody uses them now at some point. And 
we're able to use these popular features in messaging apps like Facebook Messenger and iMessage and a few other ones. We were able to use them in app, but we never really could use them on your phone during text messages. But with RCS, you can. So because RCS takes a lot of the same features from, say, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, WeChat, iMessage, it takes a lot of these features and rolls them into the main text messaging app for Android. So instead of having those as separate services that you have to sign up for, register, the whole nine, RCS takes those features and brings them into that native messaging app, which makes things a lot easier. So, and the other advantage of the, the one advantage I'd say these apps have over the current RCS is that all of these have encryption of their messages. And I'm hoping that RCS can implement some type of encryption fairly soon. So if you do decide to use it and turn it on, it's not going to be the end of the world, but I would very much recommend not sending anything that would be considered sensitive just as a precaution. But either way you look at it, the future is bright. The way we send messages to each other is only going to get more and more intuitive and immersive. So things can only get better from here. Now, if they decide to do encryption, that would make me feel a whole lot better about the whole thing. And if that does come around, of course, I will keep you up to date. So while you're getting up to date, don't forget, check out the website, Down South IT Podcast. Check out that new search feature and the download section. You can also check out the new safety newsletter, The Defender, that I have up there. There's two of them up now. I'm still working on exactly the frequency that I want to send those out, but uh, it may be looking like every two weeks or so, give or take. I'm not exactly 100% sure on that. Still deciding. So as soon as I figure that out, I will, of course, let you know. Of course, you can check out the Facebook page too at Down South IT and the YouTube channel, Down South IT Podcast. You can find all of the videos there, reviews, unboxings, all the different things like that. Get subscribed now. Hit hit the like button and the subscribe button. So whenever that second part for that FM Bluetooth transmitter comes out in the next week or two, you will be notified. So that should be coming out fairly soon. And of course, as I like to end every podcast. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. You guys are amazing. I love you. I'll catch you next time right here on the Down South IT Podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next time. Later. Later.